Today we come to the last chapter of Paul's first letter to Timothy, chapter 6. Here Paul gives to Timothy some final uh, charges and, and things of which to be aware. There's some great words of wisdom here as well as some majestic words of praise to our God. So let's consider a couple of those things as we wrap up our reading through this epistle. Uh, contentment uh, is, is, a, is a big theme here. Paul makes the, the claim in verse 6, now there's a great gain in godliness with contentment. Contentment's a characteristic in, in, in scarce supply in our current culture. And that includes in my own heart and in your own heart. Now just a few verses later, Paul will also say in verse 9, that those who desire to be rich fall into a snare, into many senseless and harmful dangers that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Uh, that is a, a stark contrast. With godliness and contentment, there is great gain. But with discontentment and a constant desire for more, there is temptation, ruin, and destruction. Why, why is that the case? Well, the truth is this. The very core and essence of sin is a desire for independence from God. I'll say that again. The very core and essence of sin is a desire for independence from God. This sinful desire manifests itself in a million different sinful ways in our lives, including what we believe it takes for us to be happy and content. God tells us in his word that godliness is enough to make us perfectly content. But our sinful desire to be independent from God doesn't truly believe this and instead believes that more and more comforts offered by the world are actually what will bring us happiness and contentment. To put that differently, we believe we know ourselves better than God knows us. And we also believe that we know what will make us happy better than God knows what will make us happy and content. Further, we believe that the things of this world can provide us with a deeper happiness and contentment than God himself can. It's akin to what Paul said of unbelievers in Romans 1, that they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. That's Romans 1.25. So here is when we uh, win the battle against our own sinful inclinations and simply trust the word of God that no amount of earthly possessions, pleasures, and promises can provide the contentment that God and godliness can uh, and does. In, in yesterday's devotional, 1 Timothy 5, we talked about what it means and how we can keep our way pure. And Paul talks more about that here in this chapter. He tells Timothy in verses 11 and 12 to pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Godliness, like we said already, is not automatic. It is something uh, which we must pursue and fight for and take hold of with great effort and perseverance. But when with it comes great contentment, contentment, and that is the promise of God. Well, secondly and finally, uh, in the latter half of this chapter, toward the end, Paul pens some of the most exalted words describing the stunning majesty of God. Read closely and carefully these words again in your own Bibles. Listen if, if you're not with, with your Bible, but if you have your Bible open, just look with me uh, as, as at verses 15 and 16. He says, Of God, 
He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Is that, I mean, is that, is that your view of God? If someone asked you to write uh, a description of God, would it, would it look anywhere similar to this one? I would surmise that most of us, if asked uh, to write a description of God, we, we, would, we wouldn't put down false information. But if honest, it, we might tend to focus on God's love and grace and mercy and faithfulness and provision and the like. Those are all good things and true of God, things worthy of praise. However, those things become all the more amazing and marvelous when we consider that this patient, merciful, and gracious and faithful one is also the one who dwells in unapproachable light and who is the blessed and only sovereign and who is king over all kings and Lord over all lords. God does not owe us the good things he gives us. You do realize that God condescends. That means he comes down to show us those good things. The majesty of God is what makes the mercy of God that much more amazing. So your view of God can never be high enough. God is more glorious than you can imagine. He is not the man upstairs. When Jesus came the first time, he came meek and mild. He will not be so the second time he comes. God is mighty and sovereign over everything he has made. He is king. Psalm 115 verse 3 says, Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. This is our God. What should we do but what Psalm 29.2 says, Give unto the Lord the glory that is due his name. And those are just some thoughts from 1 Timothy chapter 6.